Hello, and welcome to Untapped, Syrup for the Soul, a podcast for people who love learning through analogies, parables, metaphors, and symbolism found in everyday experiences. I am your host, Angie Hunter, and I can't wait to share how the seemingly simple in life can become profound, the mundane miraculous, and the ordinary extraordinary. Let's tap in. Hello, everybody. It's been quite a while since I did a podcast. I don't have a lot of good reasons or excuses other than I allowed the shadow to my genius. We all have a genius and we all have a shadow. And I allowed my shadow to win over the last several months. I have silenced myself and hid from the world. Challenges came and I let them be a barrier to my forward progress. I'm owning that, and we all have times like that in our lives, but one thing I've determined is that even if I take a break, or even if I take longer than some to figure things out, I won't quit. So I'm back. Someone asked me, did you run out of ideas or time? And I kind of laughed because I have pages of ideas for podcasts. So the ideas are never the problem. (laughs) The execution of those ideas are what is what kind of stops me at times. But I did not prioritize the podcast. I was not intentional about continuing it. And that doesn't have to be a problem if I'm intentionally choosing other things. So this goes right along with day three of the creation and applying it to our personal goals and dreams. Let's tap in. On day three of the creation, according to the Bible, the King James Version is the one that I'm using, there was a gathering of the waters so the dry land could appear. This dry land would soon serve as a space to accept seeds that would grow into herbs, grass, plants, flowers, and trees. God had to create the space to cultivate. And so it is with us. If it had all stayed waters and firmament, there would have been no such space for the planting of seeds. I recognize that I often allow my life to be all waters and firmament. These waters sometimes carry me to and fro, and when I fail to gather or organize those waters, I find myself strangely unnourished at the end of the day, even though it's all water. Let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with water. We need it. It's nourishing. However, if I'm unable to organize that water, the day-to-day tasks, the to-do lists, and the have-tos in a way that gives space and balance and place for a planting of dreams and goals, I end up just rolling with the waves. I even fail to recognize how the waves are good, and I tend to use the waves as an excuse for not finding joy in personal pursuits, dreams, or talents. Some of this water that can be overwhelming at times is work, family, household tasks, kids, social calendars, outside obligations, etc. All are beautiful and wonderful things to be a part of, but if we allow them to, they can completely submerge our other individual core values. Those things that make us unique and light us up and help us to leave an imprint of ourselves on this earth, a mark on that dry land, if you will. 
If I am honest in my evaluation of time, I often find myself thinking, if I only had more time, then I would do this or that or the other. But ironically, when I do get glimpses of time, I end up not using it for those things and ending end up kind of depre- decompressing from my day in ways that aren't as nourishing or as healthy or as fulfilling. So things like TV, food, social media, just even sitting. My thoughts are telling me that I would do one thing with my time, but in reality, I do something altogether different. Hence, my brain and my body are in a tug of war, and my mind has trouble taking me at my word. So when this happens, there's a distrust, right? Hey, you said if you had time, you would use it for this, and then you didn't. So my brain has trouble believing that I do what I say I will do. And so it takes the easy route. It's like, well, the easier thing to do is to just ride the wave. Do mindless things, right? Watch TV, which there's nothing wrong with, except for I keep telling myself that I want to do other things. So we have to be intentional about walking on dry land and keeping ourselves upright when the waves of responsibility hit and when the waves of comfort hit as well. And we just want to lie back and float along. Nothing wrong with either unless you feel unnourished and like you're not doing the things you want to be doing. I recently went on a family trip to Mexico. Something that captivated me was the tides. High tide came in around 1 or 2 in the afternoon where we were, and then low tide came around 7 that evening, and then there were some in the middle of the night as well. I wasn't out at the beach, so I don't know what time those were. It made me reflect on life as the nature of tides closely resembles the ebb and flow that happens for us each day. Those high waters that encroach may be the daily stresses, the everyday grind of working, cleaning, cooking, running errands, going to appointments, answering phone calls and emails, helping with homework, and many other time-sensitive tasks. The high tide may even represent more of for our emotions, like maybe during the day we experience a lot of stress, anxiety, worry, and fear. When we, are, when we were on the beach in Mexico, it felt like we were very aware of the encroaching high tide, and we were constantly moving ourselves to higher ground. We sought safety, but the knowledge that the tide rhythmically retreats again helped us to know that there would be a stopping point a time when we no longer needed to move to higher ground. Then in the safety of the low tide, there were treasures the sea had left behind. Found trapped in the rocks were brilliant shells, sand dollars, seaweed, and even fish and tide pools. In my home and life, those treasures left behind after the high tide could be people helped, kids taken care of, students taught, lessons lived and learned, thoughts up-leveled, pages written, stomachs fed, and talents supported. The tides taught me that there is a time, place, and purpose for each kind of tide. The tide taught me that there's a time to nourish and a time to gather, a time to reap and a time to sow, if you will. There is space and place for the high and low tides in our lives, 
And when we are resistant to one or the other, we fail to walk the beach and find that sand dollar half hidden from view. Instead, we find ourselves counting down and dreading the high tide's appearance again. Have you ever had that happen like on a Sunday afternoon or evening? You start to dread Monday, the Monday dreads. That's what I'm talking about. We fear and resist high tide when we could be learning and loving it and offering space and place for both. We do not have to make the tides of life a problem. When God gathered the waters and made the dry land appear, he created rhythm, balance, space, and place. He saw that they were both good. I think sometimes in my life, I don't recognize both tides as good. I believe that they are at odds when constantly taking time away from the other. Then I begin to indulge in overwhelm. That overwhelm turns to frustration. From frustration comes a feeling of disempowerment. From disempowerment comes stuck. You know that feeling when you're walking in sinking sand or trying to run in sand and it's hard to make quick and easy progress? Feels heavy? Difficult? That's what happens when I resist all the tides of life. Accepting them both as necessary and beautiful is what creates the rhythm, flow, and progression I am ultimately seeking. The water and the dry land are meant for balance. They're meant to work together. Do we allow them to fulfill their reason for creation? Another part of this particular day of creation is the yield or the ability to produce or provide. In verse 12 of Genesis, in the King King James Version of the Bible, it reads, And the earth brought forth grass, an herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself, after his kind. And God saw that it was good. What is your yield? Are the results you're producing consistent with the seeds in your heart? Oftentimes we end up growing something completely opposite than we had intended to grow. Perhaps we started with a seed of chasing a dream, but then we nourish something altogether different. I am famous for this. For instance, the seed in my heart was always to be a writer, ever since I was a little girl. But as time wore on, as voices outside of myself, told me that it was hard. It was hard to be a writer, that you could never make a living from being a writer. I started to believe them more than believe in my seed. And that resulted in some still wonderful things. I became a teacher and could teach writing to others. But it still wasn't fulfilling the measure of its creation as far as the original seed was concerned. So when this happens, we nourish other things and our yield does not match up with the original seed that we had planted in our hearts. But I know over time that the seed hasn't died. For some of you, maybe it has. Maybe you've gone on to other things. You're like, I'm not that person anymore. That's not what I want anymore. And that's fine. But I still have a seed of being a writer. It's never left. It's never rotted. It's never shriveled and dried up completely. And so I know that that is a good seed. I know that that is a seed that continues to want to become a tree, a plant, a flower. It wants to come to fruition. 
Seeds that are deeply planted in our hearts are not easily washed away, but the seed you nourish is the one that will flourish. So how can I nourish the dream seed of becoming a writer? By giving it more attention, by creating a space and place in my life for it, by organizing the waters and intentionally choosing how to spend my time so that I can make the dry land appear in order to cultivate. By not blaming all the other seeds for choking it out. Those seeds were good too. By planting my feet firmly in the sand when winds of waves, winds and waves of doubt try to carry this good seed back out to sea where it cannot grow. By fostering unwavering belief that the ability to produce this dream or goal is entirely inside of me, or as the Bible states, the seed is in itself. The ability to do this is within me. I just have to believe that and nourish and and gather and continue to grow and cultivate it. By gathering all I can from every experience, both the high tide and the low tide, and gathering the treasures and nourishment from both is what will help me, in the end, create the tree and the fruit that I desire. We forget to gather the treasures from high tide. We think that they're causing us problems, stress, anxiety. But when we can look for the treasures that are left behind after high tide, we open ourselves up more to receiving from both kinds of tides and for using what we've gathered in every aspect of our life. So I would invite you to see what you are giving space and place for. Does it feel like life is all water and that you are being tossed to and fro? Or does the dry land occasionally show up for you? How can you organize your waters, so to speak? What would that look like for you? Would it involve changing some schedule? Would it involve getting healthier and having more energy so that you do feel like doing stuff when you have time? Does the fruit you are yielding reflect those seeds that are in your heart? Is there a seed that has not been properly nourished? If so, what is one thing you can do today to start providing nutrients to that seed? Can you look at your yield and proclaim, it is good, as God did? He saw the waters and the dry land as both good. Can we see that in our own lives? We are creators. The seed is within us. The ability to grow and produce what we want is our divine heritage. There is balance to be found in the high and low tides, and we can access the ultimate creator's help if we're unsure of what to do and if we're lacking belief in ourselves. Yield that which is sweet to your individual soul. Until next time, syrup for the soul. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and think someone else could benefit from it too, please share it. If you would like to take this work deeper and need help accessing your personal syrup for the soul, reach out. I'm a life coach and can teach you tools that will help you untap what is already inside of you. Email me at syrup, the number four, the soul at gmail.com 
or find me on social media. Much love, Syrup for the Soul.